Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Grabeel, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Well, welcome to the show. I am super excited. July 29th, 2021. Just coming off a long weekend at the racetrack. The Grabeel family spent uh, three days at the cart track, 12 hours a day, getting ready for the Ignite Challenge, which is the, oh, about the fifth year, I think, the Ignite Challenge has came to the Audubon Country Club. And the racers did a great job. The local racers represented the club very, very well. Probably more podiums for the local guys than um, ever that we've had. There was some really awesome racing. Uh, this is all put on by Margay, which is the manufacturer of our local spec go-kart. Uh, the teamwork, the camaraderie that we saw down at the track was was amazing. You know, some of our iconic drivers down there. I mean, Jordan Missig, who uh, one of the uh, instructors at the track and uh, a champion for the Ignite Challenge Series when he was a, a young man. Uh, he was down there. He was coaching, helping, mentoring. Just can't say enough about the, the whole team getting together and working to make sure everybody's cart was as fast as possible and it was a lot of fun it was hard work but it was a lot of fun and uh, there was a lot of racing continuing on the rest of the weekend uh, uh, we had just worked so hard at the cart track uh, it was pretty warm and we uh, we decided to take sunday off so we didn't get to see some of the doubleheader racing that was going on which uh, i'm sure was fantastic as always well, hold on to your straps. Here we go. Racing car driver, member, carter, dirt bike rider, sim racer, snowmobiler, Christian Weir joins the show. Christian is nonstop. He's spending his time on some of the most iconic racetracks around the country, racing three different cars. He's embarking on a, a journey to learn as much as he can about cars, driving, racing, and he's representing his track and himself and his family very, very well. Yes, he's young. He's the youngest guest we've ever had on the show. And I bet you he hears that a lot. You know, you're so young. You're the youngest and fill in the blank. Uh, recently, he, uh, he was the youngest to win the Radi- a Radical Cup race up at Road America. And he's went on since this interview. He's went on to win uh, more Radical Cup races, most recently down at Circuit of America in Austin, Texas. Um, he's just an all-around great driver, and he's got a great team behind him. Uh, if you want to, yeah, I suggest that you pay attention to Christian, his career, and follow him on his social media and everything he does and all the stuff that the track puts out. Uh, it all started on the on the car track right here at the Audubon Country Club. And we're going to learn more about this young driver and uh, just not to also to mention that uh, is also going to be on our YouTube channel if you'd like to watch the interview. Well, let's welcome member and racing car driver Christian Weir to the Audubon Country Club podcast. Welcome to the Audubon Country Club podcast. Today, I am joined with Christian Weir. How's it going, Christian? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Ah, it's going excellent. Thanks for being on the show. It's June 24th in the afternoon, and uh, I am in a Holiday Inn in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where there's a nightmare storm going on outside. Uh, I take it you are in, uh, where where exactly do you live? Naperville, Illinois, and I'm currently in my messy bedroom. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's all right. Race car drivers can have messy bedrooms. Uh, so you officially probably be, have heard this a lot recently and probably will for a few years. So you're the youngest guest we've had on the Audubon Country Club podcast. So welcome to... Uh, breaking the glass ceiling. I'm not sure if that's glass ceiling is above you. So I'm not sure how that works out. But anyway, welcome aboard for um, this journey. And I usually start, the question I usually ask is, hey, where'd you grow up? Well, it's not too long. You are growing up right now, I guess. So. <laughs> and how far are you from the Audubon Country Club, like in driving time? Um, I'd say a lot of times it depends on the traffic, but just like a normal drive, half an hour, maybe. Somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, pretty lucky to get that to get that close. So, what's your first memory of? We'll just start out kind of. What, what's your first memory of going to the going to the club? Oh boy, um, I'd say it's probably my first time going on a car. I don't want to say it's my first time, but just coming out to the cart track and going on that little CRG. That was back then. I knew nothing that I know now. It's just that was so much fun back then. Just going out there, just having fun it's my only yeah worry. driving crg that was your uh that's a two-stroke cart right yeah that that one the way we had it set up just because so young it only had like 10 horsepower but we it got faster over time <laughs> and how old were you when you were when you first got out there um probably six seven eight somewhere around there all right, so uh, you're 14 now, so about seven years ago when you're out, you're out running around. And uh, what's the first like when you were going out there? Was your dad racing at the time? Yeah, that's that'd be a lot of things that would be happening. We go out to like on all those radicals, this GT. So that's the main reason to come down. And then I go out, do some sessions in the cart, and he was my coach. So every time I go on track. He'd try to make me faster, but I wouldn't really take the coaching. I was <laughs> too young. It's very naive. Um, yeah, your dad, uh, Tony, Tony Ware's quite the accomplished race, race car driver all, all over the place, and including the Audubon Country Club. And so when you're going out, I mean, you've seen the kart track really explode. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think the first – so you did you start in uh, rookies or juniors when you first started racing? When I first started, I did the open class against Spencer McFarland. It was just me and him kind of going at it, but then I did move into juniors. That was like my first actual racing in juniors. Okay, yeah. So we started the the Ignite um, Spec Series uh, there at the club in the juniors. And the juniors, I think, are uh, through 15 years old. What is it, through 10, 10 to 15 or something like it's, that? It was like 12 to 16. 12 to 16. I think so. So, um, yeah, you started off, uh, the, the first year, uh, most of the interviewees, I don't know a ton about, but, uh, I got, I got you kind of covered cause, uh, you kind of grew up around me, but, uh, and are still growing up around me, but I, I think it was the first, your first year out in that class you won. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was that first year in junior. So I had a bit of a rocky start, but me and your son, Mitchell, we was really down to the wire. <laughs> oh that's right i do remember that i think it was about five points i think it's right it went down to that last that last race yeah, yeah i do remember that and uh and then last year uh you won last year too i think right two, two years in a row you've won the junior championship yes that's correct 
Yeah. Um, awesome. Got your name on the, uh, on the board there in the, in the clubhouse. Sure. It's not the last time. <laughs> no, we expect, we expect your name up there a lot more. So I, I think it's, how would you categorize or how do you think of your driver development? Just uh, if we just focus on the carts for just a second, um, uh, what do you think was was the big the the big kicker? I mean, last year you started traveling and stuff like that. How much did that did the Audubon prepare you for the travel racing? Oh, it was a lot. Like, you know, it really started introducing me into racing, like the carts. Like at first, I had no like interest at all, and then I got in those first junior races and I started loving it. And I started building up my race craft, just battling for other guys out there because you know everyone's fast there, so. And it really started preparing me. And so that next year, or last year, I guess, I started going to these national events. And it was a lot of the same stuff there. And, yeah, it's just racecraft all from there. <laughs> yeah, I think that how much did you did you feel that that travel, that travel karting, how much did that play a part in your development? Did you, did you think that was important? Yeah, I think it was important just – kind of figuring out also if like the guys around me you know because i'm probably gonna be racing as much as guys in the future and just competition seeing how far i can push myself seeing like how i can find time see how i can you know strategize better in a race just all these little things starting to carry over into cars and just all other racing yeah and so and and then uh, last year was it was the last fall, I think, right? Then you, you ventured into uh, the first time. Was that the first time on the big track with the Lucas Oil Series? Yes. Yeah. So uh, explain a little bit about that. So the Lucas Lucas Oil has um, a, uh, an independent car, kind of like what I think it's like a kind of, it's called a Ray car. It's made, made out of England, but I think it's kind of like an F1600 with there's no downforce on it, right? Is that pretty yeah, much kind of what it is? It's an F sixteen hundred, and at the time we're using street tires. It's they're similar pace wise to like a Miata or you know any car around there. Yeah, and so they they have they travel around and they offer um, a couple different courses. And what, what was the first what was the first time you jumped in there? What, what, what was that course? I believe it was the, called the basic course. Uh, I think it was two days, right? Does that sound right? Yeah, they're all two days. Yeah, and so. How did you feel? I mean, it was your first time on the big track, and how how cool was that? And did you learn a lot? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, obviously, it taught me how to drive, and just those first couple laps and those first sessions were just every time they let me go fast, I would, and it was just something different. You know, it's like in those carts and those margays, none of them are very fast. You know, if you're going at the Audubon, I know that straightaway like 50 miles an hour, but going 100 miles an hour is like completely different. Awesome. And, uh, so from there, that's when you really kind of took off, shall we say, right? That was the blast off point for, for last year. Yeah. And then, yeah, after that, we went to, after the Audubon, we went to do the advanced school for Lucas Oil. And then from there I did a test in a USF 2000 and then every single weekend it was just something, you know, just. So where did you do the advanced school? Uh, Sebring. It was a short track at Sebring. Sebring, uh, Central Florida. How was that? How cool was that to get out in uh, in a cool race car at Sebring? It was – that Sebring track is just 
something different. I mean, I it's the the hairpin. I love the hairpins. My probably my that's nah, one of my favorite turns on that track. And it's just getting out on a track like that somewhere where like you know the twelve hours go and we've had I think Formula One race there. It's just it was special to me then, just going in somewhere like that. Um, so that kind of started it. That was late, late last year. And then like you said, uh, you just went crazy. And, um, how many different cars did you end up testing? Well, so with including that Lucas oil car, so yeah, it's Lucas oil car. And then I tested the USF 2000 at Homestead, Miami. And then after that, I did some testing in the F1600, which I was very successful in. And, you know, I did, I had a test at Sebring, which went very well. And I think I had like the fastest time they've ever seen, which was, gave me a lot of confidence going forward. And then after that, I did the F4 car. And now I'm just kind of experimenting with some of the radicals. So it's those, what, five cars I mentioned? That's the yeah, short, so, not even so, a year of different those. Uh, right, yeah. If you started last fall, um, yeah, we're what, nine months in, in, into this uh, uh, extravaganza, we might say, for, for all these cars. And what which car did you really like the best? Did, did you have one that you liked the best? Are they all this different? Or I, In terms of fun-wise, I'd say the Radical, because I – Started out with the races at Audubon, which were awesome. And then I started at Road America. I did those three races, which were also very fun at a fun track. And then I see, yeah, I say the Radicals are my favorite to drive, but I haven't really raced the USF. The USF is pretty fun. But I'd say behind the Radical would have to be the 1600s. You know, no downforce, really drafting cars. You could slingshot it a lot in the draft just drives a lot like a go-kart those things <laughs> and of all the um we'll get back to the the to to the radicals radicals here racing here just in a second what's your uh favorite track that you that you've been out and you got the test on so far mid-ohio by far that track oh, really? it's, it's just my type of track i really like those challenging tracks that are like really flowy with like the s's there it's going left right left right i love that and so when you're out, when, when you're out testing, kind of, kind of talk us through. So, um, one of the things that, again, we'll get to that in just a moment, just a little preview is just talking about the driver development options there at the Audubon country club. But what, what's kind of the, how does it take place or how does it happen? So you, you show up maybe like on a Thursday or something, I'm guessing. And then what, what is it when you're testing these cars and you're learning them and you're, and you're working, what kind of is a, a typical day for you? A lot of it in just testing, you mean like testing this for fun or like just... Yeah, either one. Let's say, say you, you know, the first time you went to uh, a barber to test, um, uh, you know, what's a typical day like? I mean, are you on, you're on the track for eight hours? Or, I mean, how many sessions are, ses- sessions are you getting? Typically, we get like four sessions a day. And it kind of depends on like, you know, like what event's going on or what you know like, you know weather because we don't always run in the rain which rain i love 
but it's sometimes somewhat relaxed. Sometimes like it's pretty serious and we're really trying to look for times and yeah, it's just a lot of us hanging out, getting faster, hanging out with my teammates, which can be eventful sometimes. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's pretty chill. So you're, you're not on your own out there. So when you're, when you're working, I mean, you, you got a coach you're working with, I'm assuming. Yes. Richard Lyons. He's best I know. Including <laughs> Peter, you gotta include Peter Dempsey too. He's really good at what he does too. Yeah. So, uh, you, so you got a couple of coaches that they're kind of working through different things. Are you also interacting with the engineer and, and, are, and looking at data and all those things too? Yeah. That's typically what I do with them. I mean, They've been very helpful. I mean, they've been helping guiding my career. They help with everything. And yeah, after every after every session, we'll debrief, look at data, video, do everything, and go right back out there and do the same thing again. Do you find that the uh, what do you find the most helpful? The data or the video or um, following the, following a faster guy in front of you? What do you think is most helpful when you're getting when you're learning how to do all this? Um. I'd say data and video are pretty similar because data can kind of show what you're doing with like your feet. Cause that's like a really important thing in the cars is using your footwork. So like I could tell if I need a break a little bit later, a little softer. And another pro- the good thing about the video is you can see like your line where you're turning in, you know, just a very quick way of getting faster is using the video. And are you looking, I mean, when you're typically doing that, uh, sitting down with your coach, are you looking at literally every single lap or are you just trying to work on one, one specific skill each time that you go out? Typically we will focus on like the big problem areas, like the spots where I'm losing the most time. So we typically look at only like a couple laps because, you know, typically there's hour or so in between each session. So we typically take like either from like 15 minutes to half an hour typically sometimes longer sometimes shorter if it's just small or some big things mm-hmm. but yeah it's just sometimes it's more in depth than others depending on how bad i did in that session <laughs> well i don't think there's probably too many bad times you're, that you're out there i'm guessing so uh yeah let's step into the radical a little bit so you jumped into radical uh first time this year did you did you run that at all last year first time this year yeah and so why why do you think how do you compare that to the other uh, other cars um is it easier to drive i've heard people say it's easier to drive than uh, an open wheel car uh what uh, radical that is what, what do you think i agree with that yeah like i jumped in it and with like my first session i was like pretty on pace and it's like the cars drive like, very different to most other cars because I was driving a 1340 Radical, which is slowest out of the bunch. And that's just, there's so much downforce, you know. I was also driving my dad's car, which he dialed in pretty good, so it felt really solid throughout the tracks. And, yeah, compared to something like a USF, which is very hard to drive, they're around like a little track like Road America. They're faster, but they have less downforce. So, like, through the turns, it's more... You gotta work your feet a lot and radicals which is why it's easier is partly due to the footwork it's a lot easier to know what you're doing with your feet than something like a true open wheel car hmm. 
Um, so the you had mentioned, uh, you know, driving the radical. So there's 1340. I guess there's a couple, what, three different radicals, 1340, 1500. And these are all C- based on CCs. And then... There's platinum. That's the... That's yes. a V8 or something, is that right? Yeah, they're, they're all different. There's even like the SR10s, SR8s, or those. Yeah, so quite whatever. a bit. Di- yeah. <laughs> quite, quite a few different ones. And yeah, you're still... Talk us through, if you want to go back, to the first race, the first radical race there at the club. Uh, you had to overcome some challenges there, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it still makes me kind of mad, but that... <laughs> First race, I didn't have the best of starts. I fell back to third, and I passed a guy in second. I don't remember who was racing that weekend, but they were fast enough to beat me at the time. So, um, yeah, I was slowly gaining on first place, first place, and coming up to like the second to last lap, I was setting up my pass and about to pass in the back straight, which on South Track, and car dies, you know. It's pretty mad. I managed to get it restarted, and I didn't finish on the podium on that first race, but that second one was a little bit worse, if you want to say something about that. <laughs> yeah, so so your car comes around a turn, and it seems somehow to lose power, and you do the right thing, get in a safe spot, and yeah, go from you know leading the race or second place, and, and then, yeah, just coming across the line. So it was a doubleheader that day, and then the second time you kind of knew what was up a little bit with the car and you were doing your best. You were, you were pretty far out in front, weren't you? Yeah. I got some really solid lap time, just trying to maintain my gap without making too many mistakes out there. And then this one, this, it started happening this time, like midway through the race, which it turned out to be a fuel pressure sensor. And there's nothing the guys can do it, do about it at team Shirali. So we just hope for the best. And it, Ended up happening again, and during that race, my car shut off, I believe, around five times. It didn't happen every lap, but it happened most laps, and it almost caused some wrecks. It was typically happening between turns four and five on South Track, where it was, like, really fast left-handers. So the car would start slowing down a lot, and I had to completely power the car off and restart it, bump start it, I did. <laughs> and it caused some of the other guys to go off track, but... I'll give it to them. They had really good saves. They tires in the grass and they still kept it. So, yeah, it was tough. Kind of, I mean, when you're going down the, I, I had a car like that that would just be going and all of a sudden just shut off. And, uh, it was quite challenging. And here, here you are out there in your, your second race as a young man, uh, doing everything you can to stay on the track and stay in a safe spot. Um, because really nothing you can do in the middle of the track when the car dies. The best you can do is just, <laughs> you know, just just get it going. And, uh, yeah, you ended up pretty pretty good, though, for your first weekend out there with a with a podium on the on the second race, uh, even with a car that was difficult to operate, shall we say. Yeah. It, I didn't enjoy the podium as much as I could have, but, yeah. Could have been a win, but I'll settle for third, so... Well, I think that you care a lot about winning. And so, yeah, you want to win. You want to do good. And when things don't go your way, um, you know, we, we, we had the first, so we have, it's probably Graybill racing has probably not finished a couple races, um, due to mechanicals, not very many in the uh, hundreds of races we've done, but, uh, first race we never started was the last Miata race. Um, we 
uh, my son took the car out and the transmission blew on practice and no backup transmission, no backup car. That was the first race we ever set out to do that we did not even start. That was, that was pretty frustrating for, I think for all of us, I was, um, I had personally had big hopes for that race, um, based on the track, you know, lap times going into the, to the weekend. So, um, well, that takes us to last week. So third week in June, you head up to Indy weekend, uh, road America up at Elkhart Lake in Wisconsin and radical racing. Yeah. Three races, right? Yep. And well, I don't really want to get into it, but I would have won all three, but I only had to settle for two. <laughs> Not my fault, but. So, yeah, you start the, the first first inaugural race outside of the Audubon in a Radical, and you were able to win. Yeah, I mean, both those first two wins I had were pretty hard, hard fought still, even though I was pretty good paced. The, that first start, I got pretty hosed on the start by – you know, they start everybody in like the platinums and the 1500s together. You know, some of them are differing skill levels. So some of them have bad starts, good starts. And I got stuck by the guy with a bad start. So I ended up falling back to fourth on the first lap. But by the mid race, I was able to get up to second. And then one of my competitors, Zach Ping, he was running a really strong race out in front. And I was slowly closing the gap. He was stuck by a 1500. And I was getting really hot. And then. Eventually, I was about to back off, going down the back straight into Canada. And then he had a little whoopsie coming out of Canada and handed me the win. So, and then the second one, second one was actually really fun. Me and that Zach Pink kid, lap after lap, we were just side by side battling. He managed to get the jump on the start, which I thought I had a good start, but he had better. And, you know, we were playing fair but also being aggressive you know we were respecting each other's space but we also were pushing each other off track <laughs> and it was just on that final lap i just managed to get him going up the hill into six and final lap made it around so you had two wins on your first two races out there how'd you like the how'd you like the track up there pretty historic tra- racetrack also it's fun but like like i told you my type of track is really fast you know like left right for america i still say it's my third favorite track behind barber and mid ohio but it's for not being my type of track it's still a great track nice um yeah pretty pretty good wins there so i i guess one of the other questions is as we go into driver development here are you a sim racer also yeah i do a little bit of it not very good at it but i'm fast enough to beat some of the guys at audubon so <laughs> so do you uh do you find that uh you know some guys use the, the sim racing for different different aspects of it would you did you do that in preparation for any of these tracks to kind of learn the track via the, the sim or yeah. you just looking Bef- at the track maps how do you like to do it before every single thing i go to even it's just like a minor thing like at road america i get tons of practice on the sim either hours some tracks i only do a couple hours but i get a lot of time on the sim you know, excuses, but I complain about my sim, not because it's too, you know, like bad, but it's like too good. Cause our sims, like one of those, like, I know they have some of the Audubon, they're like those motion sims. 
but uh-huh. they're set up they're set up for GT cars, so it kind of throws me off. So it's it it's the simulator which is on iRacing. It's nice to get to learn the tracks, but I wouldn't say spending too much time is really worth it because I typically you know spend just a couple hours get really familiar with the track because it's completely different from a simulator to real life with like because like the tracks are typically not very accurate. You, you never really get that feeling that you do in a real car on a simulator. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I know some guys have different, different opinions. And I've also noticed that some guys have an evolving opinion of the, the sim where, uh, you know, I didn't use it at the beginning and now they, you know, they, they really embrace it and use it a lot. And, uh, other guys have said, well, I used it at the lot and now they don't use it much anymore. So I think it's a different, you know, individual, uh, perspective, I suppose. Talk, talk to me a little bit about this, the, the driver development at the Autobahn and how, how much that has helped you and the, and the availability of track times and uh, being able to get different cars out there. Yeah, it's awesome. Like when I was first starting with the Radical, I could, you know, I'd always do like the sessions I could. Either my favorite track is full track at the Autobahn, but whenever I could, when I was out, when I was out there, I'd do a couple sessions of the Radical, you know, keep on getting used to it. And also it's really nice for like, you know, like the road to Indy, because you can come out there, test, you know, really get used to those cars on that track, too, which you know, I also noticed that a bunch of other series are going there, so getting a bunch of experience on Audubon is going to start paying out more. And just, you know, having access to that track, being able to be there, you know, just really been helping getting me a track time and, heck, even the racing has been helping me. Yeah, so there's so some great racers at the at the track, and I know that you know some of them kind of almost built their own uh, system, you might say. I mean, you take a look at Britt Casey Jr., uh, uh, super accomplished race car driver, and and he was you know this is before there was a, a formal help, a formal group of of instructors there, you know, uh, and we can mention a lot, you know, Brandon Collins who just you know, just did a fantastic job up at SCCA road America in this, in the spec Miatas racing with, you know, 70 world-class drivers, you know, he's, he's, you know, coming in on the podium and, uh, you know, not to mention, uh, you know, the podcast favorite Jordan Missig, who has also, you know, navigated this cell, this whole, you know, learning to drive kind of, you know, nevertheless kind of by himself. I, I don't want to say by himself, but I mean, without any formal type of group, at the Audubon. And now we kind of got, uh, you, you kind of got all those guys that are on like the driving team that, that can help navigate everything. Uh, how much do you think that's going to be able, be able to help you, you know, moving forward? I mean, yeah, it's great. I mean, I've already used Jordan missing like at road America, had him coaching me and just crew chiefing me. I think it's really a good thing that we're starting to get a bunch of coach. I know my buddy, Zach Kabinski, he's been using like Ben Hasbrook and, all those guys out there have been starting to be really helpful. And I think, yeah, it's definitely a very good thing that we're starting to get all these coaches and people that can help other people and guide against these people coming from the cart track into cars and either going like me and going like a really competitive career type or just hanging out track. It's going to be, make it better, have much more people racing competitively and to make a better place. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, let's talk about that. So yeah, your career, <laughs> um, where, where it's going. So, uh, yeah. What's the, what's the announcement this week? 
Well, the big announcement this week is I am going to complete the rest of the USF 2000 Championship on Road to Indy. I'm going to be doing the Mid-Ohio race. Here, let me check. I have my schedule right here. July 1st. And I'm going to be doing the rest of the season. And I had a really... I That's one of the main reasons that Road America is I was doing a test or the test sessions in the USF. And the reason we're starting to commit to a full season is because I was doing really good. So <laughs> a lot yes. of, all those, all those races are streamed on the road to Indie TV. So if you ever want to watch on, you know, July 1st, when that race comes up, it's on road to Indie TV. I think they have app and a website. Yeah. And yeah. YouTube. Yep. That's right. And so, yeah, road to Indie, um, is a series of uh, three different cars and USF 2000 would be the first car. And then that's, they, they all look similar. I suppose the Indy car might be a little bit bigger. Is that, would that be a fair, fair statement? But they're all, all three cars are kind of the same. Yeah, I guess you, once you go around them, you can kind of tell the differences like USF 2000, like they're different air intakes and wings, the Indy pro, which is the second ring. They're like, just like, like, wings that have like just a single uh, that's the only way you can tell like this single support in the center where usf's like on the sides and i have like a lower wing and of course the indy lights which look awesome they're look a lot like indycar and most of those cars have halos which is another thing is that the indy pro and usf don't have halos yet which that should be coming in the near future Oh, interesting. Yeah, so there's three three steps um, on the road to Indy, and there's uh, some awards. You know, if you win each one of the steps, there's some, there's some awards that you go to go through. And many IndyCar drivers have came up through through that track of the of those three cars. And yeah, you're the, you're the next uh, IndyCar driver, right? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what? So let's talk about that. So what would be your uh, your ultimate goal i mean where, where do you see yourself uh, as you move forward well as of moving forward yeah i hope to move forward uh it's just i really can't tell you know it's i know i hopefully once i get out of usf i'm moving up instead of down so can't really tell anything right now but all i know is i'm not gonna be the worst but hopefully the best outstanding and uh anything else so uh into this we'd like you to uh thank any of your uh, um your help along the way you get anybody in mind that you'd like to say hey thanks for all your help and uh getting me here and uh your team and everything yeah turn three peter dempsey and richard lyons they've been really guiding me through everything i mean they're been really helping with driver development and like from from my first USF test, I've had Richard and Peter helping me, like deciding what I should do and when I should do it. And I guess I'd also want to thank Audubon because you know I, they help me out in the carts, moving into cars, they have access to the track. That really helped too. And you know they, yeah, that's kind of how I'm gotten here so far. And hopefully, all these people are guiding me to my future too. Well, outstanding. Well, you got a bunch of people in your corner and I want to thank you for your time coming on here and spending the afternoon with me and best of luck. Uh, When's the next time you're headed to the track? 
yeah, I'll, I'm down there as pretty much as much much as I can because I just love it down there, and there's always one of my friends to hang out with. So awesome! All right, well, thanks for being on the show, and we will look forward to a spectacular uh, first year in the USF 2000 as you head into the uh, final road to Indy races. And seeing you maybe in some more radicals uh, around the track racing there, too. Sounds pretty cool. Thanks for being on the show, Christian. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.